2: now locked into the latest edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by runofanatic.com Go to runofanatic.com and check out closing remarks from Mike Carter. The season's wrapping up and he's got one more for you to close out in style at runoffanatic.com. It's episode 124. Join your host Christopher Deary and Michael Govier as they sit down with a legend in the fantasy baseball realm. It's an international affair for this episode. We got a guy who is a big fan and supporter of the Palazzo podcast, but also does his own show, the Roto-Brits. And without a doubt, there is nobody on planet Earth who has more passion, more intensity, more desire to see the Miami Marlins succeed then Peter Pratt. Dive into this episode as Peter breaks down his favorite Marlins, random catchers you've never heard of on the roster, and Pablo Lopez's change-up. How does he feel about it? You're going to find out on this episode of the Palazzo Pod. We've almost got a trophy ready to go, and it's got Richard Sands' name on it because he's going to take down this year's inaugural Palazzo Podcast Invitational. We'll also talk about some more keeper conundrums. Who do you take, Joey Votto or Brandon Crawford? It's all real and it's all true. You're gonna love this episode because we're still rocking in late September because that's what it means to be the best. Take it away!
3: You hear the scribbling? That's Deary writing something down. He's frantically writing down his notes for the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Welcome to the show, everybody. Great to have you aboard. I'm Michael Gauvier, Christopher Deary, my partner
1: on the show for as many episodes as we get to do together. Right, Deary? I am here. I am excited to finish out the rest of the season here. we got about a week left, Uh, but I'm still ready for some playoff baseball. Uh, All of my head-to-head leagues, I've been eliminated Um, I guess I can try to climb the standings in my uh, NFBC and a couple other uh, roto leagues I have, but I'm certainly out of contention for the championship.
3: Oh, damn it! Well, Deary, I feel like uh, it's weird. We're not doing the shows on the regular schedules we've been doing, and I do apologize for that. Football season's kicked in, and baseball slows down. We definitely haven't been doing three shows a week. Uh, That's the standard nature of the game, too. But more importantly, I want you guys to bring in our guest today. We got a dude who has been... Big supporter of our show, and it's way, way overdue that he's finally on the show. So I hope we get some great support from across the world on this one. He's the host of the Roto Brits podcast. He loves his Miami Marlins. He's totally obsessed with it. If there's anything going on with the Marlins on Twitter or on the internet, Peter Pratt is definitely involved. Peter, welcome to the show. Go, Marlins. 100%. Go Fish.
4: Go first. Great to be on, guys. Two hours, two Z's. Finally. Finally, on this show, it's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Delighted to talk about it. I hope, I hope that all the questions will be Marlins related. If you are asking me about anything else, we could be in trouble.
3: Yeah, I bet that is the truth. But actually, Uh-oh. it's not at all. Peter is very well versed in fantasy baseball. I was on a show earlier in the year, and we had the legendary uh, outfield discussion about Kyle Tucker. Remember that? I mean, Kyle Tucker ended up having a, you know, a, a decent, a solid year. He he wasn't, in my opinion worthy of the ADP he ended up at. What do you think?
4: I'm with you. I mean, that was a legendary segment. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the roto Brits outfield uh, preview. I think you were talking about your friend Steve. You were like, hey, my friend Steve Steve traded (laughs) Kyle Tucker for someone. And that says to me that Kyle Tucker's overpriced or something like that. And I think Steve was right. So well done, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing is, uh, Steve ended up getting
3: eliminated from that league because he had oh. Oh <laughs> he boy. had every scumbag. He had Trevor Bauer. <laughs> he had Marcelo Zuna. Oh no! Yeah, and then he had Jacob Degrom, who was out for the year, so it all went to hell for him quite quickly. Unfortunately, um, oh, I don't know what's in the the water over there at Steve's clubhouse, but he just. He's got to work on his character studies of the players because important, <laughs> important to really analyze the character part of this. I, I think we need to probably try to dig deeper into to understand more about these players, because if you invest and you're playing big money, you want to make sure that your guy is going to be around all year. So if there's any hints that he's got issues, uh, mental health issues, which are unfortunate, which can lead to violent outburst you got to be you got to be somewhat cognizant of it i'm not blaming anybody for not knowing that but it's kind of
4: weird like you got to kind of think about that a little bit don't you peter it's a new wrinkle right it's a wrinkle that we've never really discussed before it's not been in any write-ups but it's getting to that stage now where i mean listen it's getting to a stage of is this guy going to beat up women and you know we hope not but you know we're getting to that stage where we got to we got to ask those questions is there a history if so probably don't be drafting them. You got to check the
1: character card on every player now. So when you get that top set and you're looking at the back of the statistics, there's going to be a a character value to each player as well. I mean, we usually in the offseason, we're evaluating players coming off injuries, injury history, you know, contracts, stuff like that. We've never had to look at the player's character and how they – act off field but we had a slew of issues this season and it certainly hurt teams similar to steves who had an Ozuna or a uh you know any of the other guys that we've talked about specifically trevor bauer which tanked a lot of teams yeah.
3: yeah that's definitely true breaking news guys the white Sox have just clinched the central division title congratulations <laughs> to the pale hose for a job well done and a seven to two victory over the cleveland soon to be guardians what do you think of that peter
4: pretty exciting Big for the, for the White Sox. Fun team. I really, I really like them. And, um, yeah, they, I mean, the division's poor. They came out hot. They've kind of cruised it ever since. Like, I guess that's kind of just part of being in a, in a weak division where you're just cruising along. So hopefully for them, though, they kind of rest up and go into the postseason rested and hit it. So we'll see. I, I, for me, you can't take much from results in September for the White Sox, who have pretty much already, you know, clinched a month ago. Like it's not great for fantasy because maybe the guys start to slow down and a few more off days. I don't know, but you're good for the White Sox. Why not? Um, interested about the Guardians and that shithole name change as well. That's another interesting wrinkle this year. It's been it's been a wild year, isn't it? It's been a long year. Yeah,
3: it's been something. I'll tell you that it's definitely <laughs> been. <laughs> I, uh... A full season after having a non-full season was kind of like an adjustment in a way, but really glad to have it. Learned a lot, and we'll talk all about that today on the show. We'll talk about how things kind of shook out. Uh, Innings pitch, remember, a lot of innings pitch fears, especially on this podcast. I talked about it, man. I was really worried about how many innings some of these starters would go. And we'll talk about that along with some off-season fears. Um, If you run keeper in Dynasty Leagues, what are you doing? Are you worried? Are you setting your schedule for all the off-season first-year player drafts and deadlines for selecting keepers or setting your dynasty rosters, or are you apprehensive because you don't know if there's going to be a lockout or a strike or whatever you want to call it? We'll talk about that. Well, that's Peter, some dumb stuff in Origo's Inquisition. Yeah, we'll play Name That Runner on fab bid because we got to play one more time. And we'll do some more debates. The Two Little Mice segment. We got this guy or that guy. Who are you keeping this year? And we got some really interesting decisions as the season closes out. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, of course, we always got to take care of business here. Of course, I mentioned Peter, part of the Roto-Brits podcast. Make sure you follow Roto-Brits. Subscribe to it. Peter does great work there. It really, you know, all jokes aside. Yes, he loves the Marlins and stuff, but he's really good at what he does, and it's cool. It's fun that we could connect this way. We would never know each other if it wasn't for fantasy baseball, right, Peter?
4: Hundred percent. I mean, what a what a community. It's massive as well as a community and growing. And on Twitter, it's wild. Part of NFBC, uh, you know the. TGFBI piece that, that Justin puts on that's absolutely sensational. Um, there's, you know, there's been a few challenges there too earlier in the year about who's playing, who's not playing. But all said and done, it's just great to connect. You were on our show. It's great to be back, you know, and come on your show. Uh, but it's just fun. I love playing fantasy baseball. I'm not very good at it, but I love playing <laughs> it. I love playing it. It's a lot of fun. I started more as a, a fantasy NFL guy. I don't know where we're into NFL season now. So that's how I kind of, Started my fantasy journey, let's say, and then got into baseball after that. I was like, I need to get into fantasy baseball and just joined, I think, a random league, you know, a kind of pickup league on ESPN or something. And um, didn't know anyone in the league, just joined and played and drafted Giancarlo Standard. That was the that was how it started. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow.
3: That's cool. And by the way, it's great to be back on this show. I miss this show so much because I've been doing the uh – Fan Tracks Football Podcast, the Fantasy Football POV, which you can find anywhere if you want to listen to it. But there's no swearing, there's no uh, hijinks on that show. And this oh, is a hijink <laughs> show. So it's great
1: to be back. I, I, I don't know how to... you, I don't know how you can like pull yourself back from not swearing. It's just what happens on the Plaza pod.
3: Well, I'm professional, dearie. It's very easy to just kind of go on autopilot if you have to. You know, <laughs> sure. I could do anything <laughs> if I need to do it, but I prefer to do it how we do it here. Speak yeah. our minds and say whatever the fuck we want when we want, and that's the show. Yes, total Bozo The show will always remain true to that form, and I really appreciate that. And there's times when I think about, you know, how I difficult pride myself it is and, and think of myself yeah, as there a there are times when a man of faith. And there are
0: as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. This guy always interrupts. and so that'll make it a four nothing ball game.
3: Shut up, Tom! God, the guy never knows when to quit. But uh, I I love doing this show. We're going to continue into the offseason. We might take a short breather and kind of regroup once the season officially ends. But the show will never go away, ever. Doesn't matter what else we're doing. We're going to keep doing the show for as long as we want to. And I just want you guys to know that. So I hope you guys appreciate that. And we appreciate you. And if nobody's listening to this because it's week three of the NFL season and it's Thursday night (laughs) football, that's how it goes. I get it. I understand that. Uh... You're talking about the community, Peter. And First Pitch Arizona is coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'm really excited for that. Put on by Baseball HQ, and we're going to see actual Arizona Fall League games, which is awesome. But there's also a whole conference, like people putting on panels and the best in the business, showing off what they know and teaching us new stuff. So I'm really excited for that next month. But then there's the other side of the coin, too. There's, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about this guy. Uh, Uh, Is Dan Clark, you guys heard of this guy? Yeah, I've
0: heard of
1: Dan Clark. Uh, Can we get him on the show? How much do we have to pay him? (laughs) It's
4: (laughs) expensive. 100 bucks, right?
1: Yeah,
3: 50 to 100, what I hear. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like a guy who, you know, I don't know him personally, and Twitter can be a confusing arena because you express opinions that Mm. might make more sense if you're having them like in a one-on-one format like this. But... You got to be kind of cognizant of what it looks like when you have to type out the words and you cannot express your tonality. Uh, Peter, do you ever run into challenges like that on Twitter? I mean, you're a human being, so you have to.
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is a thorny issue, I think. (laughs) Twitter, opinions. And the other thing, I have to kind of add this in, right? The sarcasm levels from a British man are extremely high. (laughs) Uh, Our humor is heavily sarcastic and that sometimes isn't obvious on twitter when most of the the people i talk with are marlins fans based in florida or wherever and you know they may not get it or just people in the u.s just don't quite get what i'm saying that i'm maybe being sarcastic so i'm with you the tone on twitter can be challenging and then you get some people arguing with the opinion that actually you don't have you're just taking the piss so (laughs) it's god
0: damn it I don't know how to express myself unless through anger and personal attack. I'm getting very upset.
4: Twitter's a zoo, though, right? I mean, it's it's the wildest, funnest zoo there is. What a place. What an app. It's free. That app is free. (laughs) Is it?
3: Is it, though? What about all the liberty you give up? You're sacrificing
4: so much, Peter. You don't even know it. I know, but this is true. All those opinions and hot takes. (laughs)
3: Well, at any rate, uh, we do love it I'm excited for next month I'm going to meet people in person, face-to-face Really excited about that If you're going to be at first pitch, hook up with me, DM me Uh, I'll send you my phone number, we'll text, we'll connect And we'll hang out I know there's going to be some birthdays So we're going to celebrate some birthdays there That's already been discussed So it'll be a huge free-for-all fun Because we're all going to be at the same hotel From what I gather and We don't have to go anywhere but there and to the stadium And that's it so I'm really excited about it. It's gonna be a good time. I haven't flown in forever either. So that'll be fun, dearie.
1: You better start driving though. <laughs> well, the the good news is uh Leanne's going with me. Yes. So she she will qualm your fears.
3: Yeah. I I feel much more comfortable having I've never flown with someone that uh I love. So I mean like I I've flown with family. I love my mom, I
1: but not that way. Yeah. You know. We've never we've never been on a flight together, Mike? Mm. i don't think we have we've been on buses together <laughs> you many flew, you flew many to car Baltimore. Rides.
3: you flew to baltimore but I yeah but you were already there. in baltimore yeah i don't think we have no I, Okay. You know, we talked i always wanted to go to vegas you're like oh man i can't go to vegas <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that rings true now more than ever
3: <laughs> yeah i guess it does yeah <laughs> anyways uh peter you think you'll ever come to america for one of these shindigs like a first pitch i know it's a huge huge commitment but do you ever see yourself going to like I don't know, Florida, first pitch of Florida, they do that in spring training.
4: I've got a lot of desire to be in Florida next year. We'll see how it goes. Like, just more linked to the Marlins, probably, than than specific kind of fantasy related stuff. But absolutely, Uh, I'd I'd love to be out to the Marlins and and hook up there with some spring training action or, you know, opening day, opening weekend, anything to be honest with you. Um, You know, got some good connections over there linked to the team and whatever. So I'm sure it'd be a great time. I've only ever been to what was Marlins Park once uh, before on a family trip. So it's it's long overdue. My passport has expired, though. So with this pandemic, passports expired. So that's not good. Oh. But the good news is I can upgrade my picture because the old one, not good. Not good. So I can upgrade <laughs> young, the photo now. Young Peter Pratt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the other one was, I think my daughter was just born. She was maybe six months. And so... If you've had kids and you know what that feels like at six months, you're absolutely <laughs> fucked. You're <laughs> fucked. So you are not looking good. And I'm telling you, this picture was not good, but it was the only one I had. And, you know, anyway, long story short, I want to get over to the States. I'd love to go and, you know, do a few games in Miami, but also I'd love to do the Marlins on the road somewhere, too. I think that would be awesome. So because there'd be more fans, that'd be, let's start with that. I mean, there'd be an atmosphere, too. So you'd get to enjoy that.
3: <laughs> yeah that's a lot of marlins talk already on the show on the plazo podcast we're talking live with peter pratt here make sure you follow peter on twitter because he loves to connect with you guys at miami marlins uk did i get that right i was off the top of my head i could look it up for sure and verify it
4: i think you need an underscore but
3: oh ah, damn it well never mind i failed turn off the show cancel everything everybody yeah. go to bed shut it down it's over yeah, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Yes, because he lives in the UK and he's a huge Marlins fan. It makes sense. Trust me. And there's a ton of, there's basically a satellite in the UK for every baseball team. Someone's claimed it on Twitter with the tag. And Peter has basically claimed the Marlins in the British Empire. So uh, three
4: cheers for you, buddy. Well, thank you, buddy. It is. It, do you know what? It, it, it's a funny community for, for those of the listener thinking, there's baseball fans in the UK. What the hell? Like it is. <laughs> very very niche as we say but niche in in the u.s so it's a very niche that's sport. like bernard we
3: say bernard you guys say bernard
4: bernard yes
0: bernard
3: <laughs> i was watching four weddings and a funeral the other night and there's a character named bernard and i'm like bernard,
1: bernard? bernard who bernard oh bernard <laughs> the long a's
4: in english
0: it's a funny so- one
4: It is. It is an extremely niche sport, no doubt about it. But it's growing. It's growing, right? But it's it's hard to find. It's not on TV. You've got to really seek it out to find it. So it's you either know or you don't, and most people don't, (laughs) which makes it (laughs) difficult. We obviously had the London series, right? You know, two years ago, which was absolutely sensational. I went to both games, and it was packed.
3: Yankees Red Sox.
4: Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, it was sensational as a spectacle. It was so hot. Like I was in I was in the outfield with my wife Tara and we were just guzzling pims and lemonade because just trying to keep hydrated. You know, and then that first inning went on, what was it? I don't know, three hours for the first inning, whatever it was. It was like <laughs> nine, eight after the first inning. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was she wild. said to me, said, Pete, how long, how many innings are there? <laughs> <laughs> how
1: long does this go? Well, anywhere from two and a half hours to six hours.
4: How many innings? It was nine, eight oh. after the first. Absolute how, long a, how long does a standard cricket game go? Oh, I mean, you can five days sometimes if you want. Yeah. If you want the five day extravaganza test match, wow.
3: holy cow!
4: Okay, I mean, well, there you, know, you like your beer. If you like, if you like drinking beer, test match cricket is for you. Get down to there. Five days, like it's six six and a half hours of play basically. It's kind of you know you break for lunch and you break for <laughs> break for tea and you know <laughs> it's very English in its uh, in its makeup. Um but yeah that's fun. That is fun where you know the beer snakes are out and you know no one's really watching the cricket, you know. Everyone's just having fun. It's fun.
3: You know uh, Ted Lasso has been a big hit here in the states and it has a big connection to Britain because of the soccer connection that technically it's a Premier League team. It's very weird. Have you seen Ted Lasso? Uh hear anything about this?
4: I've no idea what we're talking about here. So you're going to have to wow. Oh wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Ted Lasso is a new show. It's on Apple TV plus here in the United States featuring okay. Jason Sudeikis from SNL and many movies. And he plays a American football coach who gets hired as a premier league coach for one of like the less than teams. <laughs> okay. It's funny, but it's actually like really good and inspiring and uh, awesome. it's really blown up. And people are, it, I don't know if it won any Emmys the other night. Cause I, I don't want to get about it. won a bunch. Oh, good for them! Yeah, it was like right. a but big winner at
1: the Emmys, I think. And you know, and I first heard about it from you, Mike. And like since like the day you told me how great Ted Lasso was, like every single day on Twitter, people are like Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. I think you actually spawned the interest within the fantasy baseball community for Ted Lasso. I still have not seen an episode.
3: That's beautiful. Stop- well, you have
4: what it. time are we running here, Mike? When are we? When are we stopping the show? Because I've I've got some Ted Lasso to get into now. So this is happening tonight.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is a great opportunity for you to kind of use your brand to dive into Ted Lasso and take advantage of it. Exploit it for everything it's
4: worth, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It looks like this,
3: Oh, I hit the wrong button. God Um, damn it. Pardon you? Fucking shit. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. There it is. That's better. All right, well, let's get into business time here. So it's time to talk biz. We have to cover the business. What do we do here? A lot to... Take care of, Gary.
1: Where are we on this trophy thing? <laughs> Do you have any updates? Yes, it's being made right now by Stadium Trophy here in Ann Arbor. So I sent over that no picture. No shit. Um, they're going to mock up a couple ideas of that they're coming up with, um, which I should get within the next day or so, if not early next week. And uh, once uh, they get the approval from me, then they'll get rolling, we should have it here in a couple weeks. That's fantastic news. Yes.
0: All right. yeah, I'm, I'm really wait. excited.
1: It's going to look sweet. If they're able to be able to put that Enrico Palazzo image within some of the ideas that they've given up or to me, uh, I'm going to be really excited. And it looks like it's going to be Richard Sanz's trophy as well.
3: you damn right. There's no doubt about that. Not much has changed. Uh, Richard's in my league, too, in the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. So it's been very difficult because him, Gansey, and Russell Withers all kicking ass, all in my league. I have no chance to win that league. I'm 25th though. It's a nice climb for me. I'll take it. It could have been worse. So it's uh, better than it was earlier part of the years. We know where Deary is. That I don't think that's changed much. Has it? Oh, I, Deary, I, I think 50th? I've moved up.
1: I've yeah, I've moved up a little bit without doing much. <laughs> yeah,
3: you're in 50th. Good job, uh, Steve. Paul is still in last. Sorry, Steve. Steve, we still love you. Yeah, it's it's sad, but uh, you know that's how things. Go. <laughs> uh,
1: lessons yes, learned this year, many lessons learned in the Plaza Invitational.
3: Tons of lessons learned. We got so much to apply going forward, and we're gonna get that trophy out to Richard Sands when it's done and when he closes out the money. So congratulations, to everybody who participated this year. It's been a ton of fun. If you guys have any ideas for next year that you want to get down with, let me know. Send us an email, plazapodcast at protonmail.com, or you can DM us Plaza Podcast two Ls two Zs Utah. Give me two. And that's how it's done. We want to thank you guys for a great season, for sharing and connecting with us. Subbing to the YouTube channel. You can still do that. Sub the YouTube channel, please. Sub it. Sub it. Sub it. We need to get our subs up for the off and heading into 2022. But we thank you for following. Cracking 1,000 followers on Twitter. That's very nice. Our, we have an Instagram. If you want to check that out. Two L's, two Z's like it always Utah. is. See Deary, 1999. At, and MJ Govier. G-O-V is Victor I-E-R. Plaza Podcast. We thank you for your support. All right, there it is. That's the business. Uh, Why don't we move forward here on the Palazzo Podcast, which, uh, yes, is presented by rotofanatic.com. I did not mention that. I also have a show that we're doing that we're kind of doing, but we're kind of fucking around and fucking it up uh, because the season's ending and people are busy and football is taking over the world, and people get exhausted. Let's be honest. People get tired out. Baseball season is a long-ass haul, dearie, and eventually people are just like, I'm
1: kind of worn out.
3: I, I need a break.
1: Right. We may be one of the few shows that are still doing some fantasy baseball relevant stuff going on because once football hits, and I realized this about a month and a half ago, a lot of people kind of switch gears, which is fine. There's still some great content being put out. And What I'm really excited about is going to be this offseason because it's going to be an extremely important offseason. Stick with us at the Palazzo Pod. We'll talk Dynasty stuff. We'll talk redraft. I'm already starting to work on my rankings for next year. Our good man, Brian Seymour, who is not much of an NFL fantasy guy He's already digging into the offseason. He's one of the best follows in the game because he's got an incredible thought process when it comes to what's going to happen in the offseason here. So I'm excited for the offseason here in uh, fantasy baseball.
3: Woo-hoo-hoo, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot to talk about, and we're going to talk about it on that on the show here about the fears, the reality. What's going to happen? Where are we going? But first, as always, it is time for Leading Off. All right, the catch of the day, as always, on leading up our first catch of the day. So, as the season closes out, I want to know who's impressed you guys right now in the final stretch run here. You know, on the catch of the day, we always check in on a player that's doing something special in the recent parlance of our times.
1: So... Christopher Deary, right now, who's impressing you here over the stretch run? Yeah, I mean, this stretch run right here, this is a guy who I've owned in a lot of leagues and I believed a lot in, and he's been absolutely on fire the past two weeks for the St. Louis Cardinals, who, if you weren't paying attention, the St. Louis Cardinals are in the wild card right now. Obviously, the San Diego Padres have completely fallen off. You got the Phillies and the Braves fighting it out in the East, but... As usual, the Cardinals sneak their way up again and they're in the wild card. Tyler O'Neill has had an incredible season for the Cardinals. And then the last two weeks, if you are in, you know, your head-to-head semifinals and your championship week this week, and even some of those roto leagues, Tyler O'Neill has been on fire these last two weeks. 15 hits in the last two weeks, five home runs, 15 RBIs, 16 runs, 306 clip for an average, one. Oh, one seven OPS. Tyler O'Neal has had an incredible season, 29 home runs for the Cardinals. Cardinals seem to do this stuff every single year where they just bring up these young guys that are able to produce. A lot of people thought it was going to be Dylan Carlson's time this year. He's had an okay season, but Tyler O'Neill. combine that with your Nolan Arenados that you got in the offseason. Cardinals are in line right now to go ahead and make the playoffs and maybe can go on a little bit of run. So I would love to give a little shout out to Tyler O'Neill for his last two weeks and what Shout-out.
2: Wow. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like, JoJo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet.
3: That's excitement right there. Peter Pratt, are you going to talk about a Marlin, or is it going to be a non-Marlin that has impressed you in the stretch run?
4: (laughs) I have to mention one Marlin. Give me that. Give me that, right? There is a guy. You will have never heard of him. Never heard of him. His name, and he's 0% owned, so... Listen, if you need a dart throw for next week, probably don't take this guy. But anyway, Nick Fortes. Nick Fortes, Mike's face is like, nope, don't know him. Deary, the same. Never heard of him, right? The Marlins have got four catchers on the active roster right now. Nick Fortes is one of them. He has had 10 plate appearances this week. Three bombs. Three bombs in 10 plate appearances from Nick Fortes. He is... This is a wild stat as well. He's the first ever Marlin to hit back to back home runs in their first two games to start their Marlins career. First ever, Nick Fortez. So there you go. The Marlins are just trying out dudes from double AA, A, triple A, just trying anyone to get some production. Nick Fortez is up doing things. Wow. There you go.
3: Wow. The, you know, the Tigers have done a really good job this year Tigers. Of, of having catchers who just make shit happen. It, Started with Eric Haas, and now they got this guy, Dustin Garnier, right? Or Garneau? Garneau. Garneau. He hit a bunch of bombs recently. So Marlins catcher is cool, but the Tigers have been getting stupid production, at least in the power department, from several different catchers this year. It's really impressive. But I want to give respect to Nick. So congratulations, Nick Fortes? Is that his name? It is. (laughs) Wow.
4: All right, so who's your non-Marlin then? Well... See, this is it. Like at this kind of time of the year, I'm still watching the Marlins and have all the games, and they've been playing. They've had some interesting series the last few, few well, the last week or so, because you've had the Nats in town, you've had the Pirates in town. So both teams not in, in a great spot. But I must say, Lane Thomas for the Nats has impressed me, leading off there at the top of the order. Um, and I must say, for the Pirates, that Jacob Stallings is a player. He is a player. Um, you know. He's going to be. I, I think the Marlins are actually going to trade for him this year. But Stallings really impressed me. Um, Reynolds was was good as always. Well, Cole Tucker in that series too was was hitting his his head off. So he was he was hitting well. But late, and I must say as well, Juan Soto still an absolute stud. You all know this, but Soto against the Marlins, whew, absolute stunner. Um, so I'm intrigued to see where Soto goes next year at the top of the draft. Where people's heads will be at Acuna. Soto, Tatis, other options, it's going to be really intriguing. But, yeah, there you go. There's a few kind of, like, left-field guys I've had eyeballs on because I'm watching the game
0: still.
3: He is a bad, bad man. Damn right he is. That's fantastic. It's fun to get these goofy names that, you know, people don't think about as much, but there's people who step in, make plays, help you win titles and championships. And that's what we try to do with the Plaza Podcast. We try to cover everything, strategy, analysis of players, who's hot, who's not. Who is going to help you now? Uh, who might not be there for you later? That's what we do on the show. So good stuff, guys. I will say that um, I haven't really been impressed by Nick Solak's return. It's kind of sad. I wanted to mention that. I thought it would be exciting, and it hasn't really gone the way I thought it would go. I thought he'd really come back with a vengeance. That has not happened. So that's a downer of a note, but it is worth mentioning because it's disappointing. And I always have to keep everyone updated on Nick Solak on this show. Let's talk off-season fears, guys. Concerns, worries. Uh, It said at the top of the show, what about people who run leagues and they want to set the off-season schedule? Should they wait to set the schedule or should they just set the schedule as it is and not worry about a lockout or any type of strife between the owners and the players? Hey, I want this and I want that. What about my service time? Where's my money? You know, That's what you got going on here. Should we worry about that, Peter, or should we just you know, take care of our schedule as we always do every Dynasty and Keeper League offseason?
4: I think keep it as is, but you're right. The CBA could be a shit show, but my gut feel is that there won't be a stoppage because I, both sides don't want a stoppage. And I, like the owners have already played their hand, right? For me, the owners are already out there. It's clear what they want. They want expanded playoffs. They want an expanded postseason. They've already shown that to us. We know that's what they want. So the players will go in and just squeeze it out. Yeah, we want this, this, and this. And the owners will say, yeah, expanded postseason. That's what we want. And they'll they'll find a way to make it happen. So I think they get it done. The owners have already played their hand, and the players just got to rinse them. And I think they'll get it done. I've had to
3: face some hard truths tonight. Damn it. There are some hard truths here, dearie. We're not reporters. We're not journalists that are connected to secret insiders on either side 24-7. We admit that freely. However, we've lived on this planet long enough. We know how this stuff goes. We have a lot of experiential knowledge that we can apply to this. What's your uh, What's your gut telling you right now,
1: Deary? Well, I mean, we have seen work stoppages in the past with a different commissioner. And Manfred is not someone who has... Passed with flying colors, let's put it that way, with, you know, the industry in terms of fantasy or fans, Uh, not people, not everybody really loves a Rob Manfred. Sure, we we see what the owners are going to want. We know what the league is going to want, but here's what it's going to come down to. The players are going to want different exceptions, and what they're going to want is they're going to want something better when it comes to arbitration, service time, being able to get to free agency earlier, being able to get – value once you get into the league and be able to make a certain amount of money and that's where the owners and the league are going to have to pull back a little bit and give the players a little bit more I think the players aren't going to have to give up as much as what the owners and you know the commissioner is going to have to give up and we all know the players run this league Unfortunately, they are pushed down by those owners. The owners need to come out, be able to say, hey, look, we need to make a deal that is going to be fair. If you're running a fantasy league, you know, go go status quo here. I I run a league. As soon as our league ends, we'll have our period. We'll be able to make some trades. We'll start looking towards the offseason. If if the league really wants to put this to bed soon, have all of this figured out by the winter meetings. If they can figure that out, that'll be great. I will be very, very upset if we get to free agency, if we get to the point where we're several weeks out from spring training and we still have not seen any type of deal. That's going to lead to a lot of frustrations with fans within the fantasy baseball industry. That is going to be an absolute nightmare when you look at some of those leagues that draft a lot earlier. You're talking February, March. Um, in terms of your process of of rating players for the next year and process of, of getting ready for your drafts, I don't think too much changes. Uh, but if we have to wait too long for actual deals to happen in terms of free agency and any trades that happen in the offseason, there's definitely going to be effect as you get into your dr- drafts in late winter, early spring. So hopefully they can hammer this stuff out early. I have not been optimistic whatsoever. I believe, Mike, you're kind of the same way. Peter, I love your optimism on this. This is fantastic. You're sending good vibes towards, towards the Plaza community. So if we can get some type of deal done real quick before the end of this calendar year, that would be fantastic. But I am not optimistic that will happen.
2: I realize that
3: now. It's tough. Very tough. I think we all need to strap in and get ready for the hard truths that are coming our way. Hold on to your butts. All right. I want to get into innings pitch scenarios because we could talk about the CBA and what might happen. We just want to keep you guys aware. Always keep that in your mind because we've been talking about it since before the season started. Enjoy the season because dark days are coming, and dark days mean, like, not cool things will be happening. But with innings pitched, dearie, I'm stunned. You look at the IP leaders for this season. Zach Wheeler is already at 206 innings. That blows my mind, and the leaders are heavily evolved. Above 170, there's several pitchers that have already cracked 170 days pitch. It's amazing. Peter, how did this happen?
4: Good question. I'm surprised as well, just because the workload the year before was obviously way down. So you you expect them to kind of ease them into it. But Zach Wheeler has just been pummeling it. Listen, Sandy Alcantara in his next start. He's looking to get past 202. Sandy's been a stud. He came out in, in spring and said, I want to get 200. So did Pablo Lopez. Pablo's got hurt. But Sandy came out and said, I want 200. Because and he's a better pitcher. I love Sandy. Sandy's my guy, by the way. Oh, boy. What a stud. What a stud yes. Sandy is. But it's it's surprising that they haven't been managed in a bit of a different way. I expected, you know, 180 was maybe the ceiling, you know, below, really. But it's just been full steam ahead. I mean, there's been a lot of injuries, too, though, right? So, I mean, you know. Yep. There's obviously a connection, but yeah, it's been nice to see. nice
2: it takes a big man to admit his mistakes. and there is a big man.
3: I'm telling you, it does take a big man to admit their mistakes. Big man, big woman, big in between. Deary, he's right. Sandy Contra, I love him, and he is a workhorse. His motion, his pitching mechanics are so repeatable and pretty fluid that he's going to be really healthy. I don't see a lot of career injuries for him. And I see him being a guy who will always log a lot of innings, but looking at this overall picture, some of these names, look at this. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi, 173 perennially injured, always hurt, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But he, yeah. Former Marlin, by the way, Peter. Uh, yeah. He's been really impressive. I actually thought he'd be a good pitcher. I just, I remember we did this. I can think of this right now, dearie, when we yes. did, the preseason, shine to ride the pines. Nathan Ivaldi was definitely brought up, and his innings pitched was the focus. And I think it was at 130 because we were using projections from, I want to say Dan Simborski's that day, uh, off the top of my head, 130 innings. And we bet a lot of people were back and forth and like, gosh, 130 innings for Nathan Ivaldi—that seems like a lot. I don't know if he could hit that number based on what we know about him. But here he is, blowing that out of the water. Jerry, what do you think about all these IP impressive numbers?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, when we talked preseason, we said maybe there would be one to two guys that would get over 200 innings. And it looks like we're going to get four once Sandy gets that. It's going to be Alcantara, Zach Wheeler, Walker Bueller, which probably is not too much of a surprise. Adam Wainwright, his rubber arm is going to get over 200 here. So that's four so guys dumb. right there. So dumb. But look at some of these other names when you look at who got over 120 that I didn't expect. And the one name that I really want to focus on here is Julio Urias. Julio Urias has had an incredible season. 174 innings pitched. This is a guy that I don't think many of us saw getting over you know, 130, 140. He hasn't pitched more than 79 innings in a major league uniform that he did back in 2019 and you know, you look at that 2019 season, we had 15 guys go go over 200 innings. And the fact we're going to get four this year is pretty impressive, impressive, and I think we have about 30 guys over 170. So, as you evaluate going into next year, I don't think innings pitch is going to be too much of an issue to look at. And you can look at guys that have been in the league for a little bit like a Julio Urías but hasn't really ramped up. I thought this year would be the 135 to 140, but they've needed him, especially with Trevor Bauer out and some of the injury issues that they've had with, you know, Kershaw and some other guys that they've needed him to pitch the 174. And, uh, you know, keep track of what these guys do throw in the offseason now, especially some of those younger guys, because that might be a little more taxing. But, yeah, as Peter said, there's also been a ton of injuries, especially with these younger arms, which kind of delays some of their track towards building up those innings. So it'll be really interesting to see guys like a John Means or a Jesus Lazardo to see what type of innings they get next year. (laughs) Lucky guess. I just lost a buck crazy
3: to myself go to yourself yeah it's crazy that some of these innings pitch limits are where they are i know that maybe other people are thinking it's not that big a deal I'm. i always remember where we came from people have short memories i don't forget all right it locks into my mind and i remember where we were preseason, spring training where we are now and it is really impressive to see what julio urias has done it's mind-blowing in a way even walker bueller who i i'm actually going to think a lot of people are pushing for Max Scherzer to be in the debate with Corbin Burns for SP1 next year. But I think Walker Buehler is the safest play, the most reliable, and and consistent. His consistency this year is stupid. Peter, you look at what Buehler's done for L.A. on a consistency level. He always, I know, <laughs> he just went uh, to Coors and he got blown out, which... Coors cores, all right. It happens. That's the that's the only ab- abomination. You take away these two late season starts at San Francisco and at Colorado, go down his game log. It's just an endless stream of consistent quality starts. Would you take Bueller as SP one next year, or is it Burns? No debate.
4: Oh boy, that is that is a tough question. I I like Bueller more than Burns. I think so. Ooh. I also, the other thing just to mention, by the way, is if you did exactly the same exercise with Sandy Alcantara and took out his cause game and won against the Dodgers, Alcantara's numbers are, are right up there too. So just to call that out, Sandy, I saw that two-
3: somebody tweeted that. Yeah, I saw that yeah. tweet exactly. You're
4: absolutely right about that. Tours. So San- Sandy's been sensational as well. I must say, bloody hell, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray this year, I'm just looking as well at the numbers. It's what an insane year for him. Um, Robbie Ray, you know he's under an 82 innings uh, already. Sensational year for him. Came out, well, I mean, came out of nowhere really in many ways this year. So impressive for him. But for me, I'm I'm Beulah, I'm Beulah over Burns. Just to go back to your your initial question. So, yeah, Beulah for me.
3: Yes, I love it. What did, you, what did you have, a few drinks this morning? No, it didn't. This is an excellent point. Bueller is consistent enough, and Burns is very, very special. He has the monster, monster strikeout games, and he's been dominant, too. He's definitely grown leaps and bounds in the last two years. But I think, I really don't think he can go wrong. I just trust Walker Bueller's style, his body, his routine. Uh, the Dodgers are a really good team. I know we can count on him to be there and get quality outings. Uh, Deary, what do you think here, man? You uh, you know, you gotta Always know. know if the juice is worth the squeeze. You got to know. Is the juice worth the squeeze to take Bueller as SP1 in
1: 2022? Yeah, I'd be absolutely fine with that. I mean, I think there's four to five guys if you throw out any type of injury issues like a Jacob DeGrom that are going to be you know, reliable. And I think Bueller and Burns are right there. I mean, Bueller, this is what, his fourth year now, really just starting to get up into his prime. And I love that delivery he has. It's just so smooth sailing with him. Uh, he's certainly going to be a high pick. I was high on him coming into this year, and he's certainly produced the results. You know, Peter brought up Robbie Ray. I'm going to be really interested to see where Robbie Ray goes in drafts next year. He had a career low in walk rate, which has always been his bugaboo over you know, the seven, eight years he's been in the league now, ERA sitting at 2.72. He's on a real, real nice team. It's going to be competitive for a little bit here, Um, but he's also going to be a free agent next year in 2022. So think about it this way, Robbie Ray, I feel like he's been in the league forever. He's only 29 years old. He has You know, Bint came up in 2014 with the Tigers. Uh, He's shown flashes of of absolute excellence, especially with his propensity to strike people out. This year, he's finally figured out to stay away from those walks. I'm really, really interested to see where Robbie Ray goes. You know, typically a Robbie Ray type guy in a ratio league where you're going to get Ks per nine or K percentage is going to be really, really nice for you. Um, you know, if he's still with the Jays next year, I think he upwards, you know, he's got 12 wins right now, upwards to 15 wins could be possible. The Jays are on a great track to be a competitive team out here in the East. So maybe Robbie Ray, starting pitcher four, starting pitcher five this year, could he be an SP2, SP3 fringe player next year? So it'll be really interesting to see as some of these mocks come out early as we flip the calendar over next year to see where Robbie Ray goes.
3: Wow. Wow, that is impressive.
1: I'm not arguing that with you.
3: I'm not arguing with you either, Deary, but I want to tell both of you this. Peter and Deary, we're live with Peter Pratt here. Follow him at Miami Marlins underscore UK on Twitter. And check out Roto Brits, a great podcast, awesome fantasy baseball podcast, a lot of fun. I'm at MJ Govier, he's see 1999. It's the Blasso Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Thank you, Gary. This is a fun stat, I think. Robbie Ray. He has not given up in any start this season, guys, any start this year, more than four earned runs. That's incredible. He's given up four earned runs three times against Boston, the Yankees, and Philadelphia. That's mind-blowing. And when you look at what Bueller's done in that same arena, he's had th- four starts where he's given up four earned runs or more. Six earned runs against the Giants, five against Colorado, five against Cincy, four against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, ha, football, <laughs> <laughs> What a doofus I am. Wow. Yeah, you should be sure. But my point being is that's Robbie Ray. I know he's had a good year, but I didn't know it was that good. He mm-hmm. hasn't had a start where he's given up more than four earned runs all year. And it's the end of the season. It's over. So that's really, really impressive and not easy to do, Peter.
4: And the other thing as well, listen, that that division is stacked like a division we haven't seen for many years. And so he's, he's throwing against some stud lineups there, too like consistently the al in general is stacked too in my opinion so that is very very impressive from from ray i mean I, I the the nl this year is is a bit of a cupcake in my opinion so i think there's some padded numbers for for some of these nl dudes but robbie ray in the al east stacked lineups those numbers are real
3: wow, okay shitting on the nl that's that's intense, man. You're bringing it. I hope you guys find use in these innings pitch numbers. There's a lot to dive into it. I actually I'm really I'm really enjoying this. It's great to be talking about baseball again. And now that we have all the numbers before us for a full season of baseball, there's so much to unpack. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time as I get to slow down when the season finally ends and the playoffs start and really analyze what we got here because I mean guys like Chris Bassett were well on their way to 200 before he got hurt. Terrible what happened to him. Mm. Even a guy like Patrick Corbin has 160 innings pitched. I mean it's god awful. <laughs> it's a it's a, a 160 Yeah, it's 160 innings of a 6 ERA which is so so bad. So bad. Um I don't know. I I find it interesting too that Corbin Burns is well below in the innings pitch limits at 158, but he also went higher than I thought he would cuz I didn't think he'd break 150. But if you compare him to Sandy O'Contra or Walker Buehler, Max Scherzer, he's not coming close as a workhorse. And I think when you're taking your top starting pitcher, workhorse does come into it. The guy who can give you a 7-8 inning outing that can be mostly dominant. Burns could dominate, but he also can get pulled early because he likes to strike out a lot of guys, which raises that pitch count.
1: Do you have it in front of you at all how many innings or pitches he's gone over the last couple of weeks? Because the Brewers have kind of had this division locked up for quite a bit. So I wonder if they're kind of pulling him back these la- this last month or so to have him healthy for the run.
3: Well, his last start, he went six innings on September 18th against the Cubs. And then on the 11th, he went eight innings. That was the okay. 14K game. So they're not holding him back? Not right now, but the okay. gap. The Brewers have been doing the gap, too, you know, with all those pitchers. They've been doing this the extra days rest, the start off and rotating and giving them more space recently. Cause they got the playoffs coming up too, which uh, the Dodgers also have. So just saying, this is my just saying face. If you can't see it cause you're listening to the podcast, it's two hands in the air with a dumb look in your eyes. There you go. All right. Well, I would love to talk about that forever. But we got to move on. We got other stuff to talk about. We got to get into Enrico's inquisition here with Peter Pratt which is always a lot of fun. We get to learn more about Peter beyond just baseball. Peter, do you think this will be fun, or will it be a really lame kind of, you know, not as cool as it used to be? This thing's got to jump the shark. The party's over.
4: Are you for real? Let's pile into this. This is going to be wild. Some of these questions, I won't even know what you're asking me. So, you know, <laughs> let's just, <laughs> this could go in any direction.
3: Yeah, I like that kind of, whoa, excuse me. God, I'm going to puke again, guys. Is that cool? Take five minutes to throw up, and then I'll be back. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. Let's do it. Enrico's Inquisition. Hopefully, I play the right one this time, dearie. I hope this is right. Here we go. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Scott Boris or Rob Manfred? I could do without hearing Scott Boris all the time on Twitter. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, (laughs) Van Halen Not Ooh. a contest Ho <laughs> ho Nelly Get ready for some Doozies Cause it's time for Everybody's favorite Part of the show Enrico's
0: Inquisition Ho 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 Change Shit I guess change Is good for any of us Whatever it takes For any of y'all niggas To get up out the hood Shit I'm with you. I ain't mad at you. I got nothing but love for you. Do you think, boy?
3: As always in Enrico's Inquisition, we yeah. talk about music first. Peter, what are some of your passions well, when it comes to music? Favorite artists, I'm groups, uh, music you grew up on? Music that is blowing your mind now. Give it to us. Lay
4: it out for us. See, music is a a tough subject for me because I, I was pretty much, growing up, I was Michael Jackson and nothing else. So... I just basically, when I was like three or four, piled into MJ, listened to nothing else until I was maybe 14. It was that long where that's all I really listened to was MJ over and over. So, yeah, music, I had a a very specific focus. And then it's then kind of gone into, I got into rap. You know, I went from MJ. I was like, I think the next album after after MJ was, I think I got a two pack album. So, you know, that kind of phase kicked in, and then I got into you know the mainstream R and B stuff. You know, a bit of 112 and all this. So, listen, there's there's a there's not a lot of classics in my uh, in my repertoire. I'll say so. This could this could come off badly, but yeah, uh, a lot of MJ. More recently. Uh, I spent a lot of time over lockdown discovering Oasis, which sounds crazy, right? Because, well, Oasis are obviously a massive UK band, but at the time, it just wasn't for me. I just wasn't into that style of music. I was heavily R&B, but I've gone back and I've just completely got into Oasis. I've got into Prince. I've got, uh, I don't know, loads. So, yeah, I've had to learn. I've had to go backwards because I missed a lot.
3: This is mind blowing, Deary. I mean I this know. guy had...
1: it's shocking, isn't it? Shocking. Michael Jackson for eight years of his life, nothing else.
3: <laughs> that's mind blowing you live in you know, an area where some of the best music ever has come out of. Like me and Deary it's would crazy. be very envious to have lived in that time period and see bands like New Order. You know, and the Manchester scene, the Smiths and everything that's come out of there is so much so much rich history from there. And uh, that no, not it's not for everybody there. So that's interesting to know that. I thought I just assumed it was like universal, but that's good to know.
4: Well, I, I grew up in in uh, I was born in Liverpool, but I grew up in in a place called Newport in South Wales. And um, but where the hell is Wales? It's a country connected to uh, to England. Ah! And so Newport, it's a unique place. I'll I'll say it has like a unique culture. It was just basically doing its own thing. It was it was like an R and B zone where everyone else was all about indie. Some reason Newport in Wales, all about R and B. Crazy. So I missed it I missed it all. Missed it all. Peaches and cream. Oh, what Love
3: Peaches and Cream, that's fine.
4: That was a good one. No. Casey and
3: Jojo? A, I'm experience. going crazy, 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 crazy thinking about you. I just think of 2001 when I think of Casey and JoJo a lot. Casey and JoJo, I wonder what they're doing now.
4: Still going outside. No. So. <laughs> uh,
3: no, oh, dear, he's shocked. He's not talking information. All right, we're in Enrico's Inquisition with Peter Friend. Follow him on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Peter, uh, if you had... You were forced to. Would you rather take a vacation in snow-driven winterland that was gorgeous Christmas time, or would you rather be on the beach just having a summer fun fest?
4: <sighs> so I'm all about the sun, mate. I love the sun. I love cocktails in the sun. Get me the beach. You
3: know, fall is a beautiful time of year. What about fall? Scarves, apple cider, maybe a shot of
4: rum. Yeah, absolutely. I love a mulled wine. Mold wine is, you know, it, it's that season. Do you know what mold wine is? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> is it like mead? It's, a, it's basically like a a cinnam, like a warm cinnamon red wine, is how I'll describe it. Oh, oh. yeah. Mold wine.
3: Here, you gotta check that out.
4: Yeah, I can be persuaded. All right. It's nice.
1: <laughs> I like nope. drinks. Okay.
3: See we learned something. It's so wonderful to learn something on this show on the Plazo Podcast. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes people, they get nervous, but if you
4: had to choose,
3: you know, being stabbed or arrested, we ask this question a lot. What would you do?
4: I would definitely take arrested. I'm, I'm not being stabbed at all. So no, no to stabbings. Damn arrest, it. Arrest me now. No problem. I'll talk my way out of it after. It's fine. Would you rather mull the lawn or rake the leaves? hundred percent mow the lawn i love mowing the lawn it is therapeutic and what if it wasn't a riding mower
3: what if it was a push mower
4: oh no no there's no riding mowers in the uk are you you crazy (laughs) (laughs) everyone's pushing here some of them have even got plugs it's plugged in with a cable connected to it that's how small our gardens are you know we got a we got a problem with land here so well, what
3: about, I know what about in there, there's more land in the north, isn't there? I thought maybe somebody's using a push more or a, might be using a ride mower up north.
4: Not a chance. I mean, maybe a tractor if you're really <laughs> plowing, but
3: there's no John Deere outlets in the UK. That's interesting. <laughs> no way. No, no way. He says Peter <laughs> says no way. What about the curveball, the slider or the changeup? Which is your favorite pitch? And if you have a preference, which pitcher Really impressed you with that pitch. Feel like a I'm Marlins a Marlin. pitcher is coming our way here.
4: I'm a Marlins fan, and what do Marlins pitchers all have? Change See, up, you? change ups. Uh, I walked so, yeah. into that one, dear. Yeah, you did. You, you you knew it. The change up for me, absolutely. Pablo Lopez's change up is the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah,
3: I, I could have just wrote that answer out and said it myself. You're right. I didn't realize that until we got to that point. Yeah, ah, yeah it's a great pitch, and uh, these prospects are bright. I think they probably held him back because they thought they had nothing to play for. So who cares? So, yeah, 100%. Is that what you think?
4: Yeah, I, I saw he's making a rehab today, actually, in in, in AAA. But which, which to me is interesting. Like not to go off topic, but I think there, there's no reason for Pablo to come back. But I think they're showing maybe other teams that Pablo is healthy, which I think is interesting. So uh, we'll wait and see. Trade bait. Okay. Yeah.
3: they they got to oh, make some moves. Uh, I'll stop here on this. But they they have too much clutter in certain areas. They need to kind of even it out a bit in the roster.
4: They do. No doubt. we will
3: talk with Peter Pratt here in Enrico's the Inquisition. Uh, there is no tractors that you can sit on and mow your lawn with in the U.K., but uh, they do have delicious cinnamon wine very underrated um would you rather have a cold beer or a, a warm beer <laughs> like a room question? temperature <laughs> a room temperature beer
4: that is the worst question i've ever heard in my life <laughs> <laughs> it says on the happened?
1: it says on the document we asked peter dumb shit he it does say that peter something real dumb
4: is so, only yep. the only reason you've got a warm beer right is because you've taken too long to drink it or you forgot to put it in the fridge. There is no other reasons. Cold beer all day long. There's no warm beers served in the UK. That's a myth. I mean, it's it's never sunny or hotter, so no.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I swear, I mean, growing up, you heard that. Yeah, they served their beer. I think I learned that really something dumb like Griswold European Vacation or something, I swear. It was that stupid, but whatever. I mean, there might be certain
1: beers you want at like a room temperature, but like...
4: You can't, have a corona. you can't have a Corona or a room temperature, right? Or a, you know, a lager. Nope. No. Would you, uh,
3: a whiskey drink, a lager drink, a cider drink? No. You know, you got the Chumbawamba going. No, he knows. Yeah, everybody knows Chumbawamba. I mean, the song holds up. It's, not, it's, it's unavoidable. Fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's probably in Ted Lasso. I haven't seen it. 24 years two old yet. now.
1: That song is 24 years old now, Mike. How about that? I remember I was working at Record Town at 12 Oaks Mall in Novi and people would come in and they didn't know the name of the song or the band uh, so they would just start singing the song from. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, yeah, right, o- right over there. It's a dumb uh, CD that's like green and has some weird like picture of some dude with a dumb mouth. <laughs> oh my God, that is fucking
3: fantastic. God, I wish I would have been there for that. My kind of... My kind of place, for sure. Uh, we're talking with Peter Peretti. here. Enrico's Inquisition rolls on. Uh,
4: donuts or croissants? I love the way you pronounce that, by the way. How, how did you say croissants? How did you say that?
3: Croissants?
4: <laughs> Give it to me again. That was beautiful. Croissant.
3: Croissants?
4: <laughs> you keep changing... <laughs> the pronunciation of it.
1: You're
3: trying to you know sound what? more
4: like people? Croissants?
3: Donuts or croissants?
4: Ooh, I think I'm a donut man. I think I am.
3: Yeah. You don't look like one, but that's great news. Congratulations.
4: <laughs> I, I've probably had more croissants than I've had donuts in the last year, but I think I like donuts more.
3: If that no! makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the best donut? I uh, would you rather have a filled one with like filling in it or like your classic kind of circular one with some stuff on the top of it.
4: I I live for those Krispy Kreme filled up ones full of something like I love the peanut butter ones or something like that. That's just about 28,000 calories. Just bang. Give it to me.
0: <laughs> say when?
3: You got to say win with donuts. You got to be careful. If you buy a dozen donuts and you live by yourself, you're in real trouble. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I don't know that from experience, but I may or may not know that from experience. Uh, a couple more questions, and we'll shut it down here on Enrico's Inquisition. Would you rather sing in the shower or play
4: charades? <laughs> Unconnected, but I like it. I re I'm terrible at charades. Terrible. Charades yeah i'm I'm absolutely shocking i hate that game i'm really terrible at it and i love singing in the shower so for me singing in the shower usually something high-pitched i go high-pitched in the shower is a good you know good acoustic in there so yeah michael michael jackson man on the moon you know (laughs) what i mean you you get the vocals you get you get that high octave in there it's
1: nice Uh, man man in the mirror why did they say man on the moon
3: You did say Man on the Moon, yeah. It's R.E.M. Uh, uh, that's okay. So, R.E.M., Michael Jackson, same thing. You listen right. to me. Hmm. Oh, you're a dog. That's George. Hey, George! I haven't met George. It's fascinating. He's great. I bet he is. All right. Uh, and then...
0: <laughs>
3: uh, God. Right. Mm, nah, I've done that too many times. I need a fresh one. How about we try... Uh, Would you rather put a shelf on the wall or would you rather buy a shelf that you have to put together that stood up straight?
4: Bookcase. I've got a feeling my wife may be watching this stream upstairs. If she is, I'm probably going to get a text in a few minutes to say, you've never put a shelf up on the wall. So, like, I've never put a shelf up, like, as in connected one to the wall. I've never drilled holes in a wall. Really? Shocking scenes. I'm 37 I've got two kids, <laughs> and I have them drill a hole in a wall. <laughs> what am wow. I doing with my life? But I tell you what I am pretty good at is putting up IKEA bookshelves or wardrobes or anything like that. If it's flat pack, give it to me. I can rattle through those instructions like no man's business. Cold beer, a Krispy Kreme donut, <laughs> Michael yep. Jackson on.
0: Yep, You've got yep. yourself an IKEA wardrobe <laughs> and of my own.
4: <laughs> well, that's a good
3: one man that's so great I I have put up a shelf and actually connected it to the wall I've done that before I can't believe it but I have and it's kind of cool it saves a lot of space I will say that especially if you're tight if you're living in a tight arena like that um, urban or rural living uh, I would say rural. rural country life for you
4: it is country life here. I, you can't see now because it's dark, right? But um, it is. We're, we're overlooking some fields and some farms and shit. So it's good. Plenty of space. No one near us for Corona. So that's good. Plenty of space for the kids to be out. So. Oh, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Give me, give me gorgeous. those rural vibes. I just need a tractor. That's all I need. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out if John Deere <laughs> has any distribution here up in Leeds.
3: That's. Yeah, that's I, I gotta I find would. out about that. God, I would love that. Master and Commander or Survivor, the TV show?
4: Uh, see, this is this is a, a tricky one. It is um, mainly because I've not seen either. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's standard issue. No worries, Peter. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, no, exactly. I, it, it's a standard issue. So, I, I'm going to say Survivor because I know David Sampson was in it. So I'm going to say that. So, I'm sure David Sampson was in it at one point years ago, right? Uh, I have Sandson? no idea.
3: Yeah, he's the guy. Who used to be the Marlins uh, front office, exactly. Oh, is that he right? He has his own show now, and it's Marlins related. Trust me. Yeah. He has his own podcast with CBS now. Do you? I assume that you listen to that, Peter.
4: Uh, now and again. Now, and again. Oh. holy shit! There's a John Deere place. <laughs> he looked it up. Was Uge Urbina ever on uh, Survivor?
3: Oh boy. Touchy subject. All right, and if I can't believe John Deere exists there. That's awesome. And then, as always,
4: for love or money. I'm all about the love. You know that. You know that. And I, you, listen, I'm going to put it out there now and let everyone know about this. I charged you zero dollars for this appearance. So you know, <laughs> you know the drill. I'm all for the love. The love of fantasy, the love of baseball, the love of Marlins. You yeah. know, no charges.
3: Thank you so much. Peter Pratt. It's all about the love. That's right. Uh, That's right. All about the love. Just like my guy in SLC Punk says, Matthew Lillard. He's a very tall guy. But Peter Pratt successfully survived. And he did quite a fine job in Enrico's Inquisition. And we appreciate that here on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Follow us on Twitter. Connect with us. DM us. Tell us what your off-season plans are. If you're going for fantasy titles still, you can hook up with us, connect with us, ask questions. Ask Peter, ask Deary, Deery 1999 Ask me, MJ Govier, I We're here to help you. We want you guys to do well. And hopefully some of the information we provided this year led to some victories. I got a couple uh, private DMs over the last 10 days. People saying, hey, I'm in my title game. Thank you so much. And it was very cool. You know, guys like Kalen and Bo. And uh, my man out there, Chaz, who we have not seen. Chaz has been very busy. You haven't seen him on the live stream as much in the last couple of months. Out there in Alaska. But all you guys, thank you so much. And I hope we get to meet more people in the offseason going into 2022. It's going to be cool, Deary.
1: I think it'll be fun. We're going to double this following for next year.
3: Wow. Calling it. All right. Well, it's time to move into one of the classic games on this show. It's a show that has... I don't know if it's useful or not, but it's kind of fun to play it. I like playing this game. It's called Name That Runner Up Bad Bit. Here we go. It's time to play the most ridiculous and pointless game that is sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for Name That
2: Runner Up. Fab
3: bids. All right, name that runner-up. Fab bid is officially in full effect, y'all. Game's real simple. We offer fab bids, and then we try to guess the runner-ups. It's not complicated. It's very easy to do. Although nailing it exactly happens very, very rarely. So, if you do it, take a moment to appreciate the fact that you were able to do. So, Deary, why don't you lead it off for us? You got any fab bids left?
1: Yeah, Mike, this is it. This is the last time we're going to be playing this game in the 2021 season. So I will throw out Ian Anderson of the Atlanta Braves. The winning bid was $22. What's the runner-up bid? We'll throw it to you, Mike, as you have gotten, I think, two consecutive episodes in a row. You have gotten one right. So let's see if you can get this one right. Winning bid for Ian Anderson, $22. $22.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh there will be one more fab run though, dearie. So this is the second to last. Just
1: that's if we, we that's if we do a show next week.
3: <laughs> of course we will. Okay. Well, I don't know. You're right. Who knows? Uh all right. So I'll say Ian Anderson, $22. The runner fab bid was $21.
4: Peter, what do you think? Ooh, I'm gonna go 21's 20 a good shout, but I'm gonna go something random like seven.
1: Mike, you were so damn close that you were actually on the dot. So you yeah. weren't even close. 21 was the runner-up bid. That's three weeks in a row, my friend.
0: What? Yeah. Unbelievable. But you had so
1: much confidence in it. I was like, are you like looking at my computer right now? Is there some, some weird shit you're doing where you're spying on me? Are you actually <laughs> behind me in this window and can see my computer? That would
3: be awesome if I could
1: $21. pay $21. Good job, my friend.
3: Unbelievable. Man, I feel like a hero right now. You Just didn't even really think about it. Instant 21 I only get my, my logic there was it's a tight race now. People want to win a title, I assume. Mm-hmm. So, But there's not a lot of money left. And if 22 is the winning bid, someone tried to do 21, uh, $1 more than 20. I usually always do that, $1 more than the rounded number. That's kind of the focus yeah. to try to win. So good for that person.
4: Uh, Peter, you got a bid you want to offer up for us? <laughs> it's so funny. I'm looking at my uh, TGFBI league, and <laughs> there's been a flurry of bids by uh, Tom Pringle, who's uh, another UK guy who's part of Batflips and Nerds, which is a great show oh. as well. Okay. And uh, <laughs> he's he's had a flurry of bids. All of which the bid he put in was sixty-nine dollars. So <laughs> in, in last week's Fab, he had four wins, all at 69. But I'll pick one out that actually there was a runner up, and it was Lane Thomas, who I mentioned earlier. So Tom Pringle got him at sixty nine. Who what was the runner up? Hmm.
3: Sixty nine. Uh I'll say forty seven. Deary, what about you? I'm gonna say eleven.
4: Deary takes this one in terms of nearest. It was seventeen. Nice, 17. All right. So low. Wow. That I is a big, that big as gap. Hard as that that bid. He actually dropped Trevor Bauer, so he finally got paid with Bauer.
1: <laughs> Waited all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. Good lord, yeah. Come
3: on, you gotta <laughs> you gotta move on, man. You gotta let go. You can't uh, you can't hold on to the pants There, I can understand why it's painful. You draft someone so high, and you expect, oh my god, this guy's coming back, right? He's coming back. Not coming back. Sorry, buddy. It's tough. It is. Thank you, Jesus! Let's go to my main event league here, Um, which costs a lot of money to get into, and I'm in... Shit, I'm in fourth place. Half point behind third right now. It's very tight. Third place is... 17, you get your money back. $1,700. So it's a big deal to be in third place right now. And it's going to go down to the wire because we got, like, three guys battling for third, which is... uh Intense. So that means there's probably a lot of action on the fab. Uh, Wander Franco was picked up by someone. I think that's silly. There's no runner bid. I just think it's silly that someone would think that Wander Franco is going to play again in the regular season. I don't believe he will. But how about this one? Tony Gonsolin. $13 pickup. What was the runner-up fab bid? Peter, I'll go to you first.
4: Ooh. Uh, Maybe it was 11 I mean, that seems to be the method right just add a one add a one to the round 10 so i'll go 11 for gonsolin all right what do you think what was the number again 13
1: we'll go seven
3: seven okay well the actual runner-up bid was two dollars two very low tony gonsolin not a lot of faith or just not enough money and frankly yeah, there's not a lot of money left in this uh, league for fab bidding for anyone because uh, the highest bid of the week was $20. I think everyone's pretty much tapped out, which is interesting. Deryl, I'll send it back to you.
1: Uh, not 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 much over the last two weeks here. Um, a lot of trash players. Let's see if I can find something fun here. Well, I got a ton of them here. so I can gave right, you now. Ian Anderson. We'll throw one out there. How about uh, Carter Keyboom? We're getting some playing time has not really been doing much here for the nats. Winning bid was $25. What's the runner up bid for Carter Keeboom? Michael?
3: This is a tough one. 25. I'm going to say 7. Peter, what about you?
4: I'm going one. Like I have no faith in Keeboom, by the way. I don't like him at all. I think he's I think he's dog shit. And um, I don't think anyone wanted any Kibu, action.
1: He is so much dog shit that only one other person bid, and it was $1. Yes. Great job, Peter. Whoa! That's how you play the game. Analyze the Way player. Go, Look man. at that ridiculous $25 fab bid. And, hey, maybe someone might throw a dollar out because they have a couple bucks left. And Peter got it right on the nose. $1 for the garbage, Carter Kibu. I mean, I may be I'll
3: overreacting turn, Peter.
1: on Kibu, but...
3: No, it was beautiful. You nailed it. I love it. That's fantastic. Very proud of you. Uh, go back to me here. How about in the tag team league, which is very competitive, and we've totally lost first place. It's very painful. No, suck. Yeah, it sucks, man. It's a uh, it's a harsh reality, and uh, that's just the way it goes. Because you you might be in first place in August, but that doesn't mean you're going to be in first place at the end of the season. We're two points back right now, so it's still very tight, but we're in second place at this time. But as far as fab results go, how about this guy? Corey Kluber. He was picked up for $261. Somebody had a lot of money left, right? That's a lot of Skrilla. 261. This is a huge range, very tough. What was the runner-up bid for the $261 bid on Corey Kluber? Peter, we'll start with you
4: bloody hell Uh, that is a wide wide range uh kaluba 52 52 52
1: dearie jesus that's such a big bid i i mean who's got (laughs) that much money well who has that much money left
3: (laughs) this guy did this person did whoever this is uh Someone who is in... Uh, what place are they? Oh, they're in fifth place. They had a lot of money. It's Michael
1: Simeon, by the way. Okay, or the Michael so Simeon tag team. Kluber did have a nice matchup with Texas at home uh, yesterday. Didn't look very good. Um, I'm stumped. I'm going to say 94?
3: Well, guys, the answer to this one is $6. $6. <laughs> Sweet. uh, 261
1: to 6. Like, I mean, that's kind of the range I was thinking, but thinking it's the last couple weeks here. Kluber has a decent start coming up here against Texas. Maybe someone else has been. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was a tough one.
3: Very, very, very. That's a huge challenge. I don't begrudge anybody for not getting that one. That's the wider the
4: range, the more difficult it is. All right, Peter, one more. We'll close it out. It's my man Tom Pringle again. It's a $69, $69 extravaganza, of course. I'm not sure about the connection here, but Evan Longoria, <laughs> $69. Bucks. What are you thinking, Deary? What are you thinking? Let's go 23. That's what pops in my head right
1: away. We'll go $23. Solid. MJ Govier. Uh, hmm.
2: The bombs will always lose.
3: Do you hear me, Lebowski? I'm going to say
4: uh 41. Dairy takes it 11.
3: $11. All right. Edmonton well Dairy. done. Great job everybody. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about staying close to it no matter how close it is. Just stay close <laughs> and have an idea. Be in the ballpark. That's what matters most. Name yeah. that runner fed in the can. That was fun. Woohoo! Yippee! Yay! Ha ha hee. All right, start with the final segment of the show, nerd. Hell oh, yeah! Fantasy baseball and nerds—they go hand in hand. That's part of the job here. But we want to close it out with some keeper conundrums. Who are you keeping? Who would you rather keep? And we're trying to make it interesting because you know some of the easy choices you're going to make. Like, oh, I'm going to keep, uh, you know, Ronald Acuna. Well, no shit. Yeah, you're going to. Of course, you're going to keep him. It's a no-brainer. We want to get to the ones that are a little more challenging. The ones that you need help with. And that's our goal here. So, let's start it off. Guys, I am curious about these two players, and I want to get your feedback. Brian Reynolds of the Pirates. Mitch Hanniger of the Mariners. Two outfielders who have had really excellent seasons and, in a way, impressed more than they probably were expected to. Who would you rather keep? If you had to choose between the two of these, Peter, let's go to you first, Brian Reynolds or Mitch Haniger?
4: Well, a lot of love for Brian Reynolds. No doubt about it. Have you chose, have you chosen Reynolds on purpose? Was there any reason? No, no. Okay. Interesting. I wasn't sure if uh, you were, you were teeing me up here, but there's a lot <laughs> of Marlins chatter with Reynolds. So I've been looking I really at, wasn't. A
3: little,
4: no. been looking at uh, Reynolds. I, I think Reynolds is a stud. So whatever Hannah did, it doesn't matter. Reynolds for me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. I don't give a fuck. Give me Reynolds. I love that analysis. Deary, what do you think here? Who would you rather take?
1: <laughs> oh, this is this is a great comparison here. I love Brian Reynolds betting 295 this year. He's a guy who certainly can bet 300 year in and year out. He's only 26 years old now. Just starting to get to his prime third year here up with the big club with the Pirates. What you love to see is this year we saw home runs for Brian Reynolds, 24 home runs, 88 RBIs, 85 runs. Remember how we talked at the start of the season? I want nothing to do with Pirates because they're not going to score enough runs. But, hey, we're going to get a guy who gets close to 90 runs, 90 RBIs, throw in five stolen bases, which is really nice. Uh, The biggest success rate for him this year is the lowest K percentage he's ever had at 18.6%. Love the on-base percentage of 383. Got to love that OPS that's almost at 900 now. So you got to really like what Brian Reynolds did this year. But comparing him to Mitch Haniger, Mitch Haniger is a guy who has the 40 home run power. Mitch has been able to stay healthy all season long, played in 147 games, 34 home runs, 102 runs, 84 RBIs. Sure, he's going to strike out here and there. Batting average set at 250 this year. Uh, He's batted over 280 in the past back in 17 and 18, especially 18 was that real coming out party for him where he batted 285. I think that average can get above 250. I think next year he's probably could sit anywhere from 265 to about 280. Now the on-base percentage isn't going to be there. He's going to strike out a lot. That's going to be the difference with Reynolds stolen bases, throw those both away for both those guys, unless Reynolds can get to a point where he starts stealing double digit bags. I'm going to actually go with Haniger here. And the reason I'm going to go with Haniger, Hanager's 30 years old now, had a healthy season. And we've seen what the Mariners have been able to do this year. What an incredible year. If you would have told me the Mariners were going to win 85 games this year, I would be absolutely stunned. And they got the young kids coming. Jared Kelnick has been able to pick it up here over the last month, been able to hit some home runs, getting on base, taking some of those strikeouts down. And if we see Julio Rodriguez next year, Man, this is going to be a real stacked lineup with guys that can hit the long ball. Ty France is another guy there that can hit for good average with some power. So I think the Mariners are here to stay, and they're going to score a ton of runs. Look for next year, Haniger to have 100 runs, 100 RBIs, 35 to 40 home runs. And if he can bat 265 to 270, I'll put him a little bit ahead of Reynolds next year. So I'll go with Mitch Hanniger.
3: Wow. There it is. That's awesome. Well done, guys. Two little mice. Fell in a bucket of cream. It does happen. Mice fall into cream sometimes. And that's what we're trying to figure out here. If you got two mice that fall into a bucket of cream, which one's going to survive? Which one would you rather have? Reynolds versus Hanager? I agree. I'm taking Reynolds. I think it's a clean sweep. Hanager is a nice player, but I'd like Reynolds to provide everything. A more balanced, almost a five-tool, five-cat guy, almost, in a way. Next one is, I don't know. Some people might think this is weird. Some people might think this makes sense. Joey Votto or Brandon Crawford, two older dudes in their 30s getting older and older. But I think what they've done this year warrants you considering keeping these dudes. Whether you do it or not is up to you.
4: I'm going to go back to Peter on this one. Votto or Crawford, Peter? If this is a question about which one will you keep, if you have to keep either... (laughs) Then I'm going to lean towards Votto, by the way. But for me, I'm, I'm not – if if that is the decision I'm making, the team I have is probably really shit. Really shit. So I probably wouldn't ideally want to keep any of these dudes, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know how many it's, keepers you've got. But
3: listen, I, I, like, but I like It's Votto not shit, though. It's not shit because if you had those two dudes this year, you're doing very well.
4: Yeah, granted, but – I like I like Votto over uh, over Crawford though, I'd say, next year. So if that answers it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not it convinced. The truth. I'm not convinced I well, I guess the point is if it's keepers, then who else aren't you keeping instead, right? And that's all that's what you're weighing up. So it's the point I'm trying to make is you know, that if your team is is coming down to these decisions, then the roster may not be looking that strong right now, anyway, in general.
3: Hmm. Right, I don't know. Dear, what about you?
1: I have to keep one.
3: <laughs> say I whatever mean, you want.
1: Absolutely incredible what Brandon Crawford was able to do this year. I mean, I've had him in years past, specifically like 15 and 16, when he was a, a serviceable shortstop on a fantasy team that could put up, you know, double-digit home runs and and hit a, hit for a lot of RBIs with a decent average. The guy bet at 300 this year, career high, 10 stolen bases, career high. 21 home runs, tied for a career high, 71 runs, 83 RBIs. These are career numbers for a guy that will be 35 as we enter next year. And we all know how deep shortstop can be. Um, I think if there's a way to get any type of value of trading a guy like Brandon Crawford in the offseason, go ahead and do that in a a, uh, keeper league or a dynasty league. Um, I, I don't think he's someone who is going to be someone that you can keep in the offseason now Joey Votto is a different story Joey Votto obviously 38 years old but we know what Votto can do Votto is a guy who's going to choke up on that bat till he's 41 years old he's trying to stack those numbers to where he can build a resume to get into the hall of fame I think he's kind of a guy who's right on the fringe right now but if you're playing in an OBP league Joey Votto is always going to get on base 378 this year You know, for a career, he's close to 400. He's been over 400 many, many times in his career. So he's going to get on base. The 33 home runs this year is absolutely unbelievable. He hasn't hit over 30 since 2017, when he had 36, which was an absolute career year for him. And 92 RBIs, absolutely incredible. I think the Reds are going to still be consistent next year, and they're going to be a team that's going to score a lot of runs. Uh, And if Votto can stay healthy. Which I don't think you're gonna be able to see 162 games out of them. But if you could see anywhere in that 130 to 135 range, I think that there's a lot of value with Joey Votto. Um Another guy that if you can trade him to get some younger talent, go ahead and do that. But if, you, if you're in a team where you're keeping anywhere from like, you know, 20 to 30 guys, this is a guy who, when healthy, can be serviceable for you. So I'm going to lean towards Joey Votto, even though he is three years older than Brendan Crawford. If I had to choose between the two, I think it's going to be Votto. He's an easy guy to root for, too.
4: Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream.
3: Joey Votto has a great write-up about him on SI.com. I'd strongly recommend you read it. It's a deep dive, long article, and it tells you a lot about where he was and how he got to where he is now. And if you read that, you're going to be grateful. He's grateful to be alive. He's grateful to be playing as well as he is. Thank you, Jesus. It's a big deal for him, and he's changed his ways. He has a career-high 24% strikeout rate. He's decided to not be so perfect anymore. That's the big thing here. He was always so obsessed with perfection. Now he's just letting it fly. He wants to hit home runs. He wants to have fun. So he's going to strike out more and he's not going to be the super OBP perfecto hitter that he was. And I like that. And I think he really has keeper potential for the next two years. He's not going anywhere. And if they get the NLDH role in here, that'll be a huge boom for him. If Nelson Cruz could do what he's doing at his age, Joey Votto could do the same. And that's keeper material. Brandon Crawford's WRC Plus this year will make you shit your pants. You're going to shit your pants because you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Brandon Crawford has a 139 WRC Plus when his career is 97. That's below average. Get the fuck out of here. Unless there's been a massive revelation with the changes the Giants have made, with the pitching machines they use now and all the advanced stuff they're doing. If it's permanent for Crawford and he's going to have a mid 30s blowout year every year like this with a 374 OBP batting 300, I just can't believe that's going to happen again. So, I'll take Vado in the track record over Crawford all day long, but I very much think Votto is legit and deserves to be kept here. I really really do. He he has he's only played in 122 games. He's crushing it. His ISO is like 290. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Good for him. All right, next one. Pitchers. Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros has had a real fine season. Came up from high A ball right to the majors, or Tyler Molly of the Cincinnati Reds, Garcia or Molly, dear? I'll go back to you first on this one. Who would you rather keep getting into twenty twenty two? So I'm just going to talk
1: about one guy here, and that's going to be Luis Garcia. I absolutely love Luis Garcia. For him to make that jump from low A ball all the way up to the majors and being contention for rookie of the year is absolutely incredible. He has a devastating cutter and slider. And when you look at that off-speed stuff, if he can figure out that fastball, which has kind of been below league average with his fastball, he's already got the off-speed stuff figured out. And if he can lean maybe a little bit more on that cutter and use that more as his fastball, I think he's going to – create a lot of weak contact. I love Luis Garcia. He's only 24 years old. He's on the rise. I like the ballpark a little more than what Molly pitches in out there in Cincinnati. Although Molly did have a really nice season, 170 innings pitch, real, real nice strikeout rate, 3.66, served a lot of fantasy uh, players this year. Well, but uh, I think it's Luis Garcia for me, two young guys, but I'm going to go with Garcia over there in Houston. Mr. Peter Pratt, what do you think of this one, Luis Garcia or Tyler
4: Molly? Well, both are good. I like both. Let's start there, and I would consider keeping both of these dudes. So that's better than the last uh, cluster I think we had. I'm happy to keep <laughs> both. Luis Garcia, though, come out of nowhere, right? I mean, K's are up. He looks, he looks great. He's only twenty-four. You know, it's a no-brainer. Absolute slam dunk no brainer. You're keeping him. You have to. Um, Mali's good too, but listen, if it's a straight-up choice, it's it's Luis every day. Has to be.
3: Okay. I people love Mali. He was a darling of many people saying he would take a jump and move to another level this year. And people who said that I think they were basically right about that. I really can't argue with it. I just love everything about Luis Garcia's profile. I really don't think you can go wrong here. I really don't. I think Molly's progressing, and he's a little more ahead of Garcia. Garcia could have a tough year, too, which does happen at times for players. But making the jump really gives a lot of credit to what he's done. So I think you really flip a coin between these two. You really can't go wrong. I don't see a huge disparity between either one of these guys. But, you know, that's why you guys want to have... These shows, you want us to give you guys a piece of information that will really delineate between the two, and I think what you guys just laid out tells me it's not a huge difference. I really don't. All right, uh, last one here. Luis Castillo or Jack Flaherty? Now, another Reds pitcher, Luis Castillo, had (laughs) he started off so, so badly this season, and people left him for dead. People probably got steals on picking him up because people said, oh, take this guy off my hands. He's absolutely brutal. He was that bad. Jack Flaherty's on the I.L. still. His season's been lost in a sense. Still pretty talented. Peter, what do you do here? I mean, both these guys are kind of in the same age range. Flaherty's a little younger than Castillo, but they're both progressing to a point where they should be elite pitchers in this league. What do you do?
4: This is a tough one for sure. This is I think it's it. It's close. It was close this year in drafting from memory. I feel like they were like same range, like 15 to 20, both of them in that kind of that kind of spot. So in many ways, not much has changed. Although, like you said, Castillo was so bad to start the year. But Castillo is a a stud as well. Flaherty hurt, but I've always been a Castillo man. Listen, I drafted Castillo a ton and I had the choice for Flaherty. And really, I don't think anything has changed in my mind from this year so I think we're a year on I'm still a Castillo over Flaherty guy
3: Flaherty will be back this Friday by the way he's making his return from the wow. IL just in time for the Cardinals to make a run who knows maybe Jack Flaherty be on the bump when they go play the Giants or the Dodgers in the wild card game everyone's saying it's Adam Wainwright but Flaherty's healthy in pitching they we're gonna trust him just as much Deary, what do you think here man this is a tight one
1: yeah, it is. What really concerns me about Jack Flaherty is this is a couple years in a row here where we've had issues. He's got shoulder issues. That's always going to put up the caution flag for me. Luis Castillo, obviously one of the worst opening two months of the season that we've ever seen from a guy. Uh, and then he got it together. He had a really nice June and July. August was kind of pedestrian, not so great. It's been really good in September. Uh, so he, he's gotten that ERA all the way back down to where it's just a just a scotch above four. So Castillo obviously has unbelievable, he's unbelievable talent as one of the best changeups and sliders in the game. What's killed him this year is his fastball. He's been well below average, and uh, you know, wins above a replacement for fastballs. He's been absolutely scorched with that fastball this year so you know going into next year you know hopefully he can either develop another pitch whether it be some type of cutter or, or something like that or maybe a sinker uh, but that fastball just is too flat and it just gets bombed way too much but uh, you know two guys that are still kind of young they're both in their mid-20s here but I'm going to go with Castillo he's been able to stay healthy I, I'm really encouraged by his second half I think you know as we go into next year and we're we're looking at drafting I, I still think castillo has the stuff to be a top 15 pitcher and i think that's where he'll sit as we go into next year for drafting, I don't think people are going to fade him too much based on those first couple months that were rough. And Flaherty, there's going to be some value in Flaherty if he can stay healthy. I, pe- I think people are going to be afraid of that shoulder issue. We see that with a lot of other pitchers when you see guys that were on the D- had a couple of different DL stints in a season and it's arm related. That's going to give some caution. So I'm going to lean towards Castillo. I think he's a little more dependable going into next year.
3: Dependable Luis Castillo. Jack Flaherty will start Friday, so we'll see what he does. And then in the playoffs, if they get to make a run and he can pitch well, that will really help his stock going into the offseason. So I think that has to be considered in this. I'd call it an incomplete for now, but on this date at this moment, Castillo gets the slight edge. But plenty of baseball to be played still here in the 2021 Ooh. fantasy and playoff season. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Woohoo! Yippee! Ah-ha.
4: Two little mice. Fell in a bucket of cream.
3: There it is. Our two little by segment. We hope you enjoyed that. Peter Pratt coming strong. Peter, we did it. We got to the end of the
4: show. How do you think we did? I think that was an absolutely stunning show. <laughs> full of laughter. Full of accents. I've looked up John Deere. Where's my nearest? I have a tractor on the way. So for no me, sure. that is, <laughs> All right. that's the sign of the successful pod where you've bought a lawnmower live on the pod. So. Absolutely. Yeah! That's fantastic.
3: God, that makes me feel good. Thank you, Jesus. Peter Pratt, follow him on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. See Deary 1999 for Chris Deary. Check him out. Yell at him. Go make fun of him. DM him. Secret pictures if you want. I'm at MJ Govier. GOV is in Victor. I-E-R on Twitter. We're here to serve you at the Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. You Utah. Give me two. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we got to close out the season strong. we got to have our closeout episode, which we will do. We'll say farewell to this 2021 fantasy baseball season. But we always want to say, support the people that come on this show. Peter Pratt deserves your time and energy. He's a really cool dude. He's a lot of fun. He's got a lighthearted feel. He's got a great sense of humor, which is very, very important. And he knows the game. And if you're looking for a Marlins expert, like the guy, this is the guy. You should be locked in. If you're a Marlins fan, you should be following him him all the time.
1: What was that guy's name? Fert- Fortez? What Fortez, what was, what was name? Fortez? 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 <laughs> Nick Fortez. Nick <laughs> Fortez. <laughs> the only show. the only man across the pond that knows who he is is Mr. Peter Pratt. No doubt about
4: it. <laughs> uh Peter, <laughs> any final words? Uh well, just to you guys, really. Uh it's been an absolute honor to be on. I I love this show. You know that. I'm always engaged with you guys on the live stream. So it's been a true honor to be on. It's been a lot of fun. It's like you said it's a long season fantasy particularly after last year the 60 game sprint. I really enjoyed the 60 game sprint by the way 162 I'm just gonna throw this out there as a final thought 162 way too long unnecessarily long <laughs> unnecessary. shorten it give me some more give me some more playoffs you know I'm happy with that so but guys great great to talk and thanks for having me on it's been it's been great.
3: I'm not one of these staunch traditionalists. I'm not at all. But 162, that's what the stat lines bear out. So I, I just need it because I want them all to be uniform. So it's got to stay that way, unfortunately. I know. It's perfect yeah. for fantasy. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a long-ass season of fantasy. I'll tell you that. Thanks, everybody. Peter Pratt's the best for me and Deary and the Palazzo Podcast. We want to say farewell, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's You talk. Give me, me two. Unkind. Rule five, fix that stick, are hard to find. From Chris Shelton to Reed Garrett. These once promising names litter my mind.
1: When the Tigers selected...
0: Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you, and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion and though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side.